Hey guys, hello for, to those that are coming in. Just give me a minute. I'm trying to get some uh, stuff together. All right, just gonna put that down there. Or did I want that like that? No, about one second. So welcome, we're gonna start in a little bit, guys. Thank you for joining in. Let's give me a little bit. Welcome, 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 those that are coming in. Okay, perfect. All right, I'm not going to hold you guys any longer. I have my guest in the waiting area. Um, so you guys know, obviously, it's not Monday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> so we're doing, um, you know, Emotion Monday for Emotion Tuesday. Uh, this is a special date and time. So you guys are probably thrown off guard that I am actually live right now. Um, but uh, we thank God. I believe that this date is ordained for this time and this moment. So thank you guys for tuning into Emotion Tuesday. And basically how this platform usually goes, how uh, this live goes, this teaching goes, is I usually teach off a blog. But uh, God had put really put it on my heart to go off of um, just have guests this time. I had to pray because sometimes you'll see people doing things and you may want to have guests, but you know, hey, this is God's show. This is God ordained and I only move and I do what God says on everything, everything. If I'm putting God's stamp on it, best believe I got to hear, you know, from him and his direction and what he wants me to do. So usually we'll read a blog, we'll discuss and then, you know, bring up some points and the whole important uh, reason for uh, these emotion Mondays, which like I said, is Tuesday, is that, you know, sometimes coming off the weekend, you it's, it's hard, you know, we don't know what everyone goes through. So this um, is usually like a jump start to the rest of the week. You know, it may give you confirmation on what God may be speaking you know, to you with, or, you know, it just gives you upliftment just to let you know that God is with you throughout the week and, you know, help and aid in healing as well. And you're probably wondering, what is the Psalms of my emotions? Uh, the Psalms of my emotions is, is the title of my first uh, book, but the most important thing is, you know, Psalms is, is, is a song, you know, declaring the works of the Lord, you know, it's a testimony and emotions is, you know, just everything that you may go through, you know, the, the ups and downs of the day, the sadness, the grief, the anything that you go through emotionally, anything that messes with your heart <laughs> and your mind, you know, there is a testimony waiting to come from that, you know, waiting, waiting to come from the testing and the trials that you go through, especially if you're walking with Christ. So that's where the Psalms of my emotions comes from. So I thank you guys for tuning in and I'm not going to prolong it any longer. Well, first I want to say hello and thank my podcast audience for pushing play again. When you catch this recording, I take it not for granted that you found me and that, you know, that you're listening every day, you know, from all over, you know, I thank God. Sometimes I'm just surprised that, you know, certain countries just tune in and I'm just like, how they find me? But obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's out there. Some places that I don't even know, but I thank God for um, the message being spread. And so we're going to go ahead and let the healing begin. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about mental health and creativity. Listen, 
Um, with this, this emotion, you know, I did uh, last week, you know, with Karen uh, Dollywall. Well, now her last name is, is Dubane and Aquila Hicks. And we talked about mommyhood and creativity. Um, and this week we're talking about mental health and uh, create. Uh, I put creativity and it's supposed to be creative therapy. Listen here. Thank God for the correction. Uh, <laughs> so it is create uh, creative therapy. Let me fix that. Because some sometimes it doesn't uh, uh, therapy does not always require a therapist or sitting in a chair or, you know, it doesn't require that all the time. So, you know, there are unconventional ways to get your breakthrough. And I have the two ladies that I have on. One is my sister. She's my blood sister, Billy Graves. And the other one is Tuesday at a bit at a She's gonna get me if I mess that name up. <laughs> but you know, they're here because they do therapy in their own way and it's creative. So I just I'm gonna go ahead and start to bring them on. Let me see. Let me get my little setup here. So I'm just gonna add them to the stream. All right, so hello, 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 ladies. I'm gonna unmute your mics. So hello, ladies, welcome to the Psalms of My Emotions, the uh, Emotion Tuesday. <laughs> and we have a Tuesday on here. <laughs> so we're just gonna go ahead and we're gonna, we're gonna start off with um, you guys introducing yourselves. So first we're gonna start off with Tuesday. Tell us who you are and what do you do? Hello. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to be here. It's like surprise, as we always say, <laughs> yes, the setup. So my name is Tuesday Adhibition. I am the mother of six wonderful grown children that wish I could treat them like babies, right? Um, grandmother of actually is six plus three. We're a blended family. Grandparent to about 10 grandchildren that um i love them and because of them i have worked through some emotions <laughs> all type of emotions that being said but yeah i'm a family woman um i'm a god-fearing woman and i'm excited to be here with the story went through my own um mental health awareness issues and a coming out party that i even know i had mental health problems Needless to say, um, the Lord surprised me with a gift to cook. And I thought I was just cooking for myself. Next thing I know is kitchen therapy that I now share with other people. So that's kind of it in a little nutshell. Amen. Okay. Then we have now um, Sister. Uh, look, I'm thinking I'm in church, y'all. <laughs> but she is my sister, though. Um, next, we have uh, Billy Grace. Introduce yourself and what do you do? <laughs> Hello, yes, that is my lovely sister, Linda McCoy. <laughs> Thank you for having me on today. Um, my name is Billy Gray, and currently I am a preschool teacher who has found joy in cooking and creating crafts. All right, amen. And we're going to find out that those, you know, it's funny how God uh, uses things, like he puts these things in us that will be of use. 
later on. And it's not just for, you know, our benefit it's for others as well. So, you know, th these ladies will touch in more and what they do as the discussion. Uh, we're proceeding with the discussion. And, you know, this is just a round table sister discussion, because listen, I talk to these two on the phone <laughs> on a regular basis. So really what you, you guys are out there witnessing <laughs> is you just sitting in on our phone conversations. That's basically what's going on right now. <laughs> and so, you know, this will be interesting because none of this is scripted. Last week wasn't either. I mean, it kind of was because I was just putting questions out there, but we kind of, it took, it took a life on its own, which, you know, it took God took over. And that's what I always want him to do. I always want him to take over. I want him always to speak you know, through anything that I touch and do. So this is the same tonight. So um, I just want to just discuss, you know, about mental health. You know, we're going to address this big, bright pink elephant in the room, you know, because people will say mental health, mental health. But really, we're going to dive in really what that looks like and really how it has touched us. We don't have mm -hmm. enough people being transparent you know, and their mental issues and what they're going through mentally. And, and then it leads to a, a false representation, you know, of healthy when, you know, you can't just be this and then have breakthrough for everyone else. And then you don't have breakthrough within yourself. And so we're going to discuss that. And, and I'm going to start off with, you know, especially with the pandemic. I believe this pandemic has uh, uncovered what we have been hiding all this time it's just snatching out like a band-aid snatching off a wound that's what what it did you know it's more than just a a virus it's more than just this thing that's making people sick it's also unveiling so you know with that being said and i know all three of us like i said just personally know that we we're in especially now too even going through our own things and went through our own things so i just um going to start off with the question does you know and people ask this question and they say the answer but i don't know if they they believe it so let's say, does mental illness have a look mm, of course it does it looks like you 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 and you it looks like us Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a poster child or, or a picture. I, I said, um, someone with the saggy pants or, you know, the dreads or someone that look the parts, mm -hmm. you know, it's dressed mm -hmm. nine to five. It's dressed in a suit. It's dressed in a skirt. It's us. It's one in five. One, two, three, four, five. It. One, two, three, four, five. It. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. What's that? I think people, um, Sometimes I think it's, it's hard to see right off the bat. Um, and I'll say that and I always kind of refer um, with going back to children because that's, you know, currently what I do. And before sometimes we can tell if something is deeper going on with them, it's our job to observe. It's our job to observe. So we'll see, you know, we, we as teachers know um, the different uh, levels where the children should be, how they interact with each other, how they interact with us, how they interact uh, with their parents when it's pick up and drop off time. 
And over time, you can say, you know, well, something's going on here. This child is too withdrawn. This child is too anxious. This child is uh, having separation issues that they should maybe have been passed after they have, you know, been in school for a few months. So sometimes it, it can be hidden, I think, too, with adults because we learn to cover that up. Mm -hmm. very well mm -hmm. you know that's what we see on the outside is not always a reflection of the turmoil that could be going on on the inside 100%. amen and it and it um so even with that being said you know that was in, you know this just popped up in my head where you were talking about well you know you you guys are there as the teachers and you know you look at the children and you're kind of monitoring you know, to see what's going on is, is, you know, you could kind of detect some things. And I believe, you know, do we really have like what's stopping, especially the ones that we love, those that we're, you know, in the home with our friends, what's stopping them with helping us address that? You know, I think we're, we kind of tiptoe, we're on eggshells mm. around it. We know it. But what do we say? You know, to those that we feel like, hey, something's not right. I've been around with you, you all this time. So what do we say to that when we see these patterns? Hmm. And I, I think I've been there, you know, so definitely. You want me to go, Billy? Oh, I couldn't, you could go. I couldn't hear you Tuesday. You was breaking up. I couldn't hear you. Go ahead. Oh, um, I think sometimes I think we have to get into a space of praying and letting God lead us mm -hmm. on how we should approach it. Because for many, that's a sensitive issue. Some are not ready to deal with that. Some may be unknowing that they have some things going on because it has just become such a normalcy. Mm -hmm. that maybe we don't know it's an issue. Maybe mm -hmm. we think it's okay. That's the way it's supposed to be. And then some people, you might get the opposite effect and where they go into defense and attack mode. Mm -hmm. They're not ready to receive that. So I think praying and allowing God to lead you um, in that process should always be your number one. <laughs> All right, Tuesday. You have a can you hear? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yes. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. No. Um, what I was thinking when you see it, because again, having the experience is not just stepping on, um, walking on eggshells, but waiting for the timing. You know, like you're saying, the timing is really important. You know, and then also being transparent, especially for those that are in your circle, especially with those that are in your family. Um. I was sharing the story that I've been telling a lot of my story to those outside of my home. And it just hit me like, oh my God, you tell everyone else that you went through this, you went through this and the Lord delivered you from this because we're in a church set a lot, but you haven't told your own children who you see that are walking around. Mm -hmm. They're walking mm -hmm. around hurting, you know, let them know what you have went through. Granted, I can't prevent them from going through no more than no one could prevent me from what I went through. But when I want to know how to, let's say, change oil, I'll go to a mechanic and not go to the baker. 
So let me go to someone with that experience. They might have not have the MD or the DDs behind their name, but they have an experience. So what I found out what that is, I had to start being transparent, remove the shame, remove the the, the badge and the cape. No, I'm not a super grandma. I'm not a super woman. I'm not an MVP. You know, or now they just say the GOAT, the greatest of all time, but I'm a survivor. Amen. And I like that because just when you were talking about that just now, Tuesday, about transparency, how it appeared to me just now, it's like transparency is that Lego piece. So it's like mm-hmm. if you're transparent, you're allowing someone else to be connected to that. You know, the same color, the same pack, it connects. And then now you're building something. You're building each other up. But somebody has to be truthful and somebody (laughs) has to be transparent. And I think that transparency comes when we are are forgiving of ourselves, uh, forgiving of, you know, of people, you know, forgiving of what has happened and just knowing that, that that happens for a reason. That's part of the purpose. Um, you know, so I, I just think of it like that. I don't know, that just popped into my head like transparency Lego piece. <laughs> and so we've been talking about I'm sorry, we've been talking about a lot, you know, about the pandemic. In that transparency, it's like us first. Mm-hmm. Me mm-hmm. first. So it's like I can help you in this area if you want help mm-hmm. because I've been there. And here's an example of how I've been there. Bam, bam, bam. You know what I'm saying? And they might not need all that. But some people, they want your receipts. Don't just show me this pretty package. What are your receipts? Where's the evidence, right? Mm-hmm. And as you we hear that saying, like, I don't look like what I went through. Well, some days I just might. <laughs> some days I might not be the gun on here. Amen to that. You know, <laughs> My husband says, I suffer for this. Mm-hmm. And this is a new, the no fluff season. We don't mm-hmm. went through H-E double hockey six. And we're yet still here for a reason. So I don't have time for fluff. So right now, I told Ramonda a couple of times, um, last year, when the pandemic, um, pandemic was going on, I'm like, I'm at home by myself. Why am I mad? What am I upset about? Why am I depressed? I had to deal with those real issues. Mm-hmm. And that's good. I think that's good too. That's really, really good. Um, we went through uh, a, a program um, as teachers, and it's it's called conscious discipline. And the basis of it is really being conscious of yourself and the state that you're in and your emotional triggers and why you have those triggers and how to deal with those Mm -hmm. triggers. And okay, we get us together first, then Mm -hmm. we can help our babies. Because if you all in shams and all messed up and distraught, how are you gonna help somebody else? You can't help them work through their emotions and you ain't even work through yours. So I think that's that's real good that you said that it, it starts with you first. Amen. And that's good because I was just going to get on that. Triggers. Trigger, 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 trigger. Y'all know I, I be on here talking about triggers all the time. That is a telltale sign that something is wrong. You know, when it's a trigger. And I mean, it could be little. It could be a little thing like you, you 
a piece of bread fall on the floor and you about to you fall apart. It can be, you know, just any little thing. And it's like, you know, something is wrong. And at that moment, I don't know like what we do with it. But the thing is, you have to bring that to God. Everything, just like something that's just off kilter, just like, well, God, why did I react like that? Why why is, you know, something wrong? Because I know, you know, I'm in a very strong, and I've said it on here before, a very strong evaluation stage where I'm looking at everything that I do. Every single thing. Why am I doing that? Why did I respond like that? Or why am I not responding in this way? You know, why am I, you know, so, you know, God had revealed some things to me. And I think it's, if you are just so passionate about, you know, like I said, everything goes back to God. If you're so passionate to be what God wants you to be, you're going to bring everything to him. You're going to bring these triggers. You're going to bring that hurt. You're going to bring everything. And you're not going to be, you know, and don't be embarrassed about that. You'd be surprised how many people it's hard to bring stuff to God. And it's just you and him. Mm-hmm. It's just you and him. It's hard to open up your mouth. You're like, well, he knows my heart. No, no, no. He wants you to identify it and confess it. Because in that moment, that means you're giving it to him. And I think that's where that mental weight comes from. We don't surrender enough to God. And I think that's where that comes from. It's like we go about our day, busy, 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 do this and this and that. And then we stop to forget, like, I forgot to drop this off on on God's doorstep. (laughs) <laughs> like what am I doing I forgot that I carried this all year and forgot to drop this on God's doorstep and it was heavy too heavy and it's like you said being mindful you know like we were just being mindful being mindful and in this season God wants us to be mindful like really mindful like that's why some stuff is coming up Tuesday, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's mm-hmm. why some stuff is coming up. Some stuff is triggering it. Mm-hmm. And what we thought was resolved is not resolved. Right. You know, um, mm-hmm. I would even just add this even, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm a, I can't sit here and act like I'm 100% healed. I'm not even going to mm-hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm about, I don't even know the measurement. I just know God ain't finished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... It was hard to think that, you know, there comes with pain with the assignment. There comes pain with, even if he's processed you for a thing, you can grow bitter from the process. And then you then you start cutting people. Then you start just kind of withdrawing and, and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, Echo. Echo. Uh, wait, is that? Uh, I, I, <laughs> I want to say something, but I don't want to. Is that you? Let me mute you and see. Maybe that's me. Hello. Okay, no. I can hear you, but I just muted mine to see if that would help. Yeah, I'm like it's some some kind of feedback. Um, 
but uh yeah so it's like you know we we have to be real with ourselves know where we're at um just being in the flesh is a continual a continual evolution i would say continual transformation as long as you're in this flesh we're not gonna we're not gonna be that perfect mode until we get out of here so it's like we have to really kind of submit to the process we're always going to be processed you know and, and it's just that that i don't understand the uh well i kind of do understand you know the fight with fighting with that transformation that god wants to do with us and um you know you submit it you feel so much better and i find it even in creativity even with what he's put in your hands i just discovered even today my deliverance and my healing is tied to me writing and it's like you know i said it before tuesday your call and your process is not a separate thing you got to go through it in order for that call to be effective your process and your call is not separate you're not just going through but yet i can do this over here no it's that it's tied to it you gotta go through it and it's because it's, it's got something to do with your call yeah because if you go into your call without being processed, without being, you know, going through that process of healing, something is lacking. Something's gonna lack when you're operating in that call. So I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Did you guys want? You know what? So what, what we're gonna start off with is, um, I want you guys to give uh, give me your mental give me your mental low story. Share with me your mental low story, and I'm gonna start Ooh. with my sister. I'm gonna start with Mary. <laughs> um, let me see. No, I don't know. I didn't had a few lows in my lifetime. Now, um, I would say one that created the the ultimate shift towards purpose. I say that. Hmm. I would say uh, it would have been the time that uh, I was I was uh, like completely wore out and exhausted, both physically and mentally, when my father got sick. That was my low. That was my low. Um, dealing with him, dealing with a person that has dementia and Alzheimer's is hard. I wouldn't wish that on nobody. That's a hard thing to handle. And I think it hit me more because I was always the daddy's girl. So when that moment came around where he didn't even know who I was. That, you know, he kind of remember, he will remember other people, but he wouldn't remember me. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like the, the the cut to the jugular, you know, and then trying to handle things. You know, I had had some help from my mom, but at that time where you felt like, where I would think in my mind, um, especially 
family members that I thought would be there, you know, ones that were there his entire life. Um, you know, we were there for everything else, but when that time came around, it, it was real lacking, real lacking. And it was a strain where, um, you know, I couldn't sleep because I was too worried about what was going to happen to him. Couldn't leave because I was worried about, you know, was he still going to be okay? You know, by the time I came home and trying to find that balance in between going to church, you know, and being there with him and then being at home and then still couldn't sleep. And it would be those days where um, he would get mean. He would get mean sometimes and it would be a struggle to keep him in the house because I didn't want him to go out and wander off and then not be able to find his way home. And, you know, at the beginning stages of it, I remember calling my sister a couple of times. I'm like, you, you got to pray for me now. You know, I need it now because I feel like I'm just, <laughs> just about to lose it, you know, right now. And I remember being in the bathroom one morning and just breaking down. And I'm like, Lord, what is going on? Why am I, you know, why am I going through this? You know, I'm trying to trying to be a, the best person that I know how to be and try to be right towards people. And why am I going through this? And he told me just as plain and simple. I mean, I heard it clear as day, but this is your story. This is your story. And I was like, what? <laughs> what kind of story is this? Well, what, Jesus, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> you know, what is that supposed to mean? But, you know, I kind of kind of got myself together. And just to know that God's hand <laughs> was still in it all. And I'm going to rewind back at how how good God is. Mm -hmm. I'm going to rewind back before this even hit. I was prayed over and told that this moment would come. And he gave me reassurance then. And I didn't know what was going to hit me. Being at a, a, a prayer service and the woman prayed for me and she said, you will not lose your mind. You will not have a nervous breakdown. And in that moment when she said it, I'm like, what is this lady talking about? Because I'm fine. I know I ain't going to have a nervous <laughs> breakdown. And I'm going to be okay and blah, 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 blah. When that moment came, that time in my life, oh, it hit me like a ton of bricks. That's what she was talking about. But he gave me reassurance then that I was going to be okay. He sent somebody, you know, beforehand. <laughs> to pray over me and cover me and let me know you will make it through this. You will be okay. Mm -hmm. You will survive. You will survive after this. And there will be more after this. Mm -hmm. But that was my, my lowest of lows. But God saw me through. He brought me through and everything was all right. Amen. So Tuesday, what was your mental low that was just the turning point? 
I hear that song. How low can you go? I guess he wanna make sure I, I knew that love is lowness, right? Um, I've been low so many times that I can't wait them. I, I can't wait them how low they've been because they just kept piling up. You know, it was so years, but what took me to deal with it and when I dealt with it, it wasn't because it was the lowest. It's just that it was heavy. I couldn't hide it anymore. I knew I was in danger. And it would go back to in 2015, I think. And the craziest thing, we talk about triggers, or I'll call it right now the residue. The residue of the event is still here today. And it's too early to be crying, so get back, not now. <laughs> but one day, um, I'm kind of blending in is I had to write down like, why am I going through X, Y, Z? And then I noted I lived in 31 different places. In my lifespan, I have lived in 31 different places. I know a little bit about early childhood and how things formulate at the very early, those early years and stuff. And I look at the years that I lived with my mom and with my father and separate. And maybe from like age six to maybe 16, I probably lived at maybe 10 different places. And I wonder why my foundation with my mom wasn't as close as it should be. But I couldn't, I had to go to the beginning because so much was happening. And I know things that just didn't happen. So what happened in 2015, it wasn't because of what happened. Yes, it was tragic, but it's because of things that happened way longer that it got so heavy that I couldn't conceal it. So the trigger, the day, is the day that I call um, the sundress and socks. The sundress and socks was a year after my father died, October the 16th. The next day, my husband died, October the 17th, the very next day. And so I was functioning in that grief without grieving because I was too busy to grieve. Yes, I was sad. There was nothing I could do with it. I had to put on my spiritual strong hat. They're in a better place. They're not hurting or anything. Not knowing on the inside was eating me up because I wasn't able to get to see my father and be there for him because I was taking care of my husband. So the guilt started eating me, started eating me. And so what do you do when you're not relying on God? You rely on something else. His name was Bacardi Run. I was a functioning alcoholic. Functioning. You know, like the young and the restless, like they don't have no job. They get up in the morning at 10 o'clock and they just drink and chilling. Functioning. Functioning. That pain away. And it was one Sunday after service, and I know I was at New Zion Temple um, and just throw that plug in there, anybody looking for a new church home, but <laughs> service was so good, right? I mean, I had to be on one of those clouds, but y'all know how it is when anointing drops. So, you know, when, when, when you're out of the presence and I was at home on a Sunday, it was a Sunday that it rained so bad. It was like a tsunami and a trigger hit. I was looking at some pictures. 
And all of a sudden, it happened. What people said, you're going to agree. I was by myself. Probably had me a drink too. Yep, I had to the Had me a drink, medicating myself. And I was having a panic attack. And I thought, Billy, I was about to lose my mind. And I called my daughter to say, something's wrong with me. I can't breathe. I got to get out of here. I had on a sundress and some socks. Smart enough to leave my phone in the house, but left the house walking in the rain. And as I'm walking in the rain, the rain is coming down heavy. And I'm thinking, somebody's going to see me and call the to come pick me up and put me in, you know, the white jackets, you know, with the, the tie behind you. Because I was literally felt like I was losing my mind. And to me, I had a reason too. It was a lot of stuff happening at that time. But it wasn't just that event. It was all those years, all those lows, all those lows, it climaxed on that Sunday in my sundress and socks walking in the rain. And now it has been a process since then. No, I don't drink anymore. There's days that I want to, but it's because of those triggers. It took, again, I just tell the story. Um, it took my bishop. I had a conversation with him. Bishop, why can I not drink? Jesus turned water to wine. Why can I not drink? I don't believe I'm going to hell for drinking. Yep, that's my conversation, right? Silly as it was, but I was serious. And what I told him, I said, I got enough pills at home, legal pills, that I could take because I had been suicidal. I was depressed. I couldn't sleep. I had anxiety. I had all these mental health issues, some of them, that I was diagnosed for. Um, so I had enough pills, but I didn't like the side effects of them. So I wanted to drink. And so he told me, whatever the root issue is, when that thought comes that you feel that you need a drink, you need to give that root issue to God. Because if you don't, then you're making that Mr. Bacardi, okay? You're making that Mr. Bacardi the answer. You're making that an idol instead of giving it to the Lord. And so that's really what started. But it was years of low, years of low. It just climaxed on that tsunami day in my sundress and socks. Wow. And, and you, it, you know what, Tuesday, uh, what you said, that was the same for me, too, when you said that functioning part. Because even yeah. though I was going through all that, when nobody would have never known, I was still going to church, still praying and travailing other people through and oh Jesus and on the floor and screaming and hollering and, you know, war for everybody else and baby, trying to hold on to my mind. You hear me? But nobody never knew. So they that's know. why I said, sometimes you, can't, you, sometimes you can't tell. I was still smiling and hugging and gracing and peacing and, and about to lose it. Then nobody knew. So you could still be functioning and have, like I Billy. said, all that turmoil going on on the inside. You've got the snap, crackle, and pop. Like the cereal without milk. <laughs> That's what I see. Because for real, don't it be like that. Like, it's today to day. It's like, you waiting. I'm like, they said it was going to come. Like, okay, if it comes for real, okay, God, just keep my mind. Keep my mind. Well, that's what the old folks said. Lord, keep my mind. Lord, keep my mind. Do anybody see me? Lord, keep my mind. Let me know who you are. 
I can get through this, but not without you. Amen. Not without Amen. you then and not without you today. Amen. Not without you. Amen. And not I think that's um I would say those episodes, like I like I've I've been there as well, like you said, just functioning. Not knowing how well you're functioning in dysfunction. <laughs> like you can maneuver your way around the dysfunction. Um, it was so many things that came up today. And I was like, oh, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. But this is one thing that I don't think people talk enough about. And, and this was what, like I said, it was just like a, a roller coaster. Like these layers were starting to peel off. Um, I talked about my divorce and being, you know, depressed because of that. And before that was depressed and, you know, but the thing was that me functioning, like I came to church, you know, like you said, just praising and praying everybody through and this, this and that came home. House is a mess. And not seeing nothing wrong with it. Just and being embarrassed, like you have to tell me you were coming over. <laughs> And I will work so hard to get the house together so that you'll come over and you may you may think, okay, well, nothing's going on. That's because I spent all day <laughs> cleaning up, doing regular things, and I didn't see anything wrong with it until, you know, like I said, my sister, she came over and you know, my mom would say some things and I would grow real offended. Like, stop judging me. Stop judging me. And that's because I was just so, so just in this space of dysfunction, you know, that it was functioning for me. Like, I know where everything is at and this and this and that mm -hmm. until one day God spoke to me and he was just, you know, just showing me and a flood came to my house. I was forced to clean, mm -hmm. forced to clean, speaking, ministering to me as I was cleaning, saying, I'm making room for you. You got to do this. You got to do this. And I, I got signs all over my house to remind me that this is deeper than just keeping a clean house, keeping your house kept. I'm making room for God's spirit in my heart. I'm making it. it it's like and I want to talk about houses. A house isn't just your house. Is not just a place where you just sleep, you eat? A place of comfort. Your house is your sanctuary. Your house is a representation of a temple. So it's like the battle sometimes if you may go through in your house, it's a, it, it shows that's what your spirit, the state of your spirit is in. And I just read from one of the uh, the young ones, you know, they're talking about the, the mental space in connection with your house. Look around. Like I said, with the self-evaluation. You may be functioning, you go out, you dress fine, you know, you bathe and everything, but you come home and your house don't look like nothing what you look like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's a sign, like, because when I started to clear everything away, clear everything up, that's when I could create. That's yeah. when I can produce. You know, I was kicking out some stuff. I'm like, Lord, it's because I had to make room for him. This is not mine. Yes. This is not this is not me. This is not Relinda. This is God. I, I, I opened myself up to a space of healing that he was able to produce things. Now I'm a I'm a clear conduit. Mm -hmm. 
I'm a clear conduit. And that's all that that is. And then um, I also wanted to bring up, and we can harp on this. I, I ran across and I shared it with you two about when T.D. Jakes had preached at uh, Keon Henderson, Pastor Keon Henderson's church. And, and the title thing was uh, Change is Disruptive. So I believe some of the mental stuff that we go through is a disruption. And if it's not handled well, it can cause mental anguish. And I, I'm saying this because I remember the day it, it was me and my ex-husband had went through a fight, just moved into the house. And I looked at outside our, this big window that I have and I said, God, it has to be more than this. In that, in that moment, I asked for change. Words. In that moment, I asked for change. I didn't know how it was coming, but I asked for change. And like TDJ has said, when you ask for change, God will send disruption to facilitate the change. So if we don't know if that's what that is, it will cause mental anguish. It will cause us to feel like we're losing our minds. Mm -hmm. If we don't know what it is, <laughs> but it's meant to mold us and to put us in a space of changing. So I just want us to even just, you know, just keep that in mind and think like what we're going through and, you know, how uh, Joyce Meyer hit her book with the battle of the mind. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe that's just that battle to 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 align our minds with God. Mm -hmm. So I just want to throw that in there, you know, for anyone that may be going through something now, God probably is trying to change your situation. And. The, the anguish and the mental back and forth or whatever will end when you submit. Mm -hmm. It was you, it will, you will sleep better. <laughs> you will have peace. You will have rest and you're submitting yourself to the process. I believe sometimes a lot of the mental anguish is because we're fighting God. We're fighting. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And he'll put it on you. Woo. He'll put it on you so strong. He's going to make you say uncle, right? Because he has <laughs> <laughs> he has things he needs for you to do. He has a work for you to do. And we're not going to play this for too long. He'll put that weight on you. You don't want to move. He gonna, he'll make you move. <laughs> and I think that's all a part of just uh, building your relationship with God mm -hmm. that way. Okay. He knows, okay. I had to make you, you know, come and see things my way this time. So we know next time you won't go through all that. Hopefully you don't want to go through all that. You'll seek him first and let him guide your footsteps and what you should and should not be doing. And I think that's all a part of, you know, growing that relationship with him. Amen. Yeah, that's good. And that's one of the reasons why I really like this conversation. Because again, as we were talking about transparency, and you think um, from the Christian set, we're all in different places. And I call, you know, any new convert, whether you a new convert at 59, 25, you know, 32, they're new babes. So to be able to explain, no, you don't know right now, like a lot of this Christian lingo, I really 
been learning the Christian lingo, you know, lately. Yes, I understand some of the Bible and things, but um, I can't say God spoke to me and said, you're going through this because of X, Y, Z. You know, the the deepest I could say, and it's so funny, I'm laughing because you guys hear me say it, but it means to me, it's a setup. <laughs> now, I understand. I understand what I was going through that he was trying to get me to go to left and I was going to, I didn't understand that. I just, you know, I just was out there. Mm-hmm. But now I understand. I didn't understand that. So even in explaining that to people, just say, you know, um, what's going on? What are you afraid of? You know, what what's going on? Well, have you thought about this? We need these safe places to tell. And then just for those who might be listening and they'd be like, ooh, y'all tell too much. You, you Everything you'll need to tell. And I tell Belinda all the time, hey, Show me somewhere in the Bible where Jesus told something that was a secret. Now, he might say, don't tell nobody until you get there. But he didn't say, well, don't tell nobody because they're going to think something wrong with you. They're going to look at you. Then look at me the way that you want to. <laughs> I suffered for this. And if you don't have mm-hmm. to suffer, right, you might still have to go through and maybe you don't have to suffer as deep as this because we're sharing. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that I love in, in the sisterhood, you know, outside the four walls of the church. And I'll keep on saying it. There's a reason why we went through what we went through mm-hmm. or we'll continue to go through what we're gonna go through. And now that I know the setup in a personal, I don't have to take it like, oh God, you're trying to kill me. No, he's not, he's trying to save me for someone else, for him, because he came, what we say, Luke, because he can save the lost and you were lost and someone else mm-hmm. is. So learn this lesson and go help somebody else. How about that? And so that's where I'm that? at. It's <laughs> healing process. <laughs> and it's a space of, of healing process that if I have to go from A to Z, A, why are you hurt? A, why are you angry? B, why are you bitter? C, why are you confused? D, why are you depressed? E, you know, where's your energy? What's zapping? Because God, you got to heal me. You can do all things. Exceedingly and abundantly for this life. Then let's deal with it. So I think he wants us to get to the place of cut the fluff. I already know what's going on, but I need you to confess it so you can know what I'm taking out so you know what you need to put in here. And that's kind of where I'm at right now on this healing journey is, yep, it was me. Um, I ain't good. I got to stay in this week because God need to work on this. But I talk too much this week. I gossip. What are you gossiping about? What are you insecure about? And we need more people looking in the mirror. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm looking in the mirror. So if I'm going to talk about me, then I'm going to talk about you too. Why? Because I love you. I want you to do better. Because I would want someone to talk to me who love me enough to say, Tuesday, you got to do better. And not being mad about it because you know that I said I'm on my way to heaven. So I got to prepare to get there. And you can help me get there. They come on and tell me about me. Yeah, I'm going to cry it out, whatever. But by the grace of God, I'm going to get better. I want to be healed in the season. Yeah. So therefore, that's why we're here sharing these stories. Amen. And I want to speak on, like you said, cut the fluff. And I want to get on these secrets because I heard, I forgot, and I'm mad that I don't know the preacher that said it. He said, a secret will kill you. Yes. A secret will kill you. You just think about how much is it worth to carry that uh, a secret weighs a lot. 
<laughs> a secret weighs a lot. It's something that you 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 can't hide. And most of the time, if you're hiding the secret, it's probably toxic. You know, it's one thing with your you know you're keeping something secret, but then it's like it, it, you know you're you're keeping up. You're confiding. It's a difference between confiding and being secretive. Yes. You know, <laughs> confiding is that you're looking for help. You're you're searching for support. But a secret is you just absolutely it's not getting out and there's no remedy to it. There's no healing to it. And that's why it's going to kill you. It's going to kill your secret kills you. So I think the problem is, like you said, with the transparency, what's the fear in it? What, what do you what do you guys think is the fear of the secret getting out? Mm. What's behind that? Sometimes I think people. Uh, sometimes I think people think that they're the only one in that situation, and it ain't gonna happen to nobody else, or it hasn't happened to anybody else. I think that's a big deception because a lot of the reason why we do go through some things is for us to not hold on to it, but like you say, to get it healed and make it out. That way later on we could pull somebody else out that's stuck in it. But we just hold on to it like this is, you know, nobody ain't gonna understand and this is just me or I don't want people to see me that way. Shame. Shame take a hold of you. I don't want nobody to know that I'm okay, but you're not the only one. It's somebody else, as Tuesday say, was struggling with drinking. It's somebody else, you know, like me that was about to lose their man because <laughs> they was going through it. You know, other lows that I've had, you know, in my life, you know, with, with dealing with me. You know, I've had some low points with that. Okay, am I the only one that, you know, broke down and felt like didn't nobody love me? And, he, you know, took a lot of stuff I shouldn't have took because I felt like I was going to lose that, that, that which I thought was love at the time. Mm -hmm. Somebody else might have had them low moments. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I could tell them, you know, now, you know, look, and when you're in it, you do feel like, it's, it's just me and I don't want nobody to know I didn't got this low in life. I don't want nobody to know that, you know, I'm imperfect. I don't want nobody to know, you know, that I struggle with this. I think a big part of it is shame. Yeah, and I think um, I just had a, a, a thought in my mind. Um, especially if you are a Christian and you are in Christ, Anything that happens to us to not does not belong to us. So that secret don't belong to you either. That is to be, <laughs> you know, whatever you hide it is not. But so it's like it's almost like a, 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 and it goes back to you know I say a sense of you know kind of being prideful, you know, not wanting someone to help you through it or help with it or you know I I don't know what it is and it's also a, a shows and. I would say a little bit of an idolization towards people and their opinions, you know, and and holding that to such a higher regard than what God thinks. So then now we're like, we don't want the people to know, but God knows. So it's like, as long as God knows, but we sometimes even that, even with being gifted, if you believe in the prophetic, you believe in prophetic intercessors, 
your secret is told to somebody to pray for. So it's really not hidden. <laughs> it's really not. The thing is, God knows who to trust with that and praying through. So as you're getting stronger and getting better, somebody told on you. God told on you. <laughs> and it's for your healing. And he, because if you're not discerning enough to know who to get that to, God is so loving enough where he'll he'll send that to somebody. He'll drop that in somebody's lap. And then they'll they'll go ahead and pray that through anyway. You won't even know. That they've been praying for you and not telling you I'm praying for you. Sometimes we got to watch out for that too. People coming and saying, Well, I pray for you, and that you ain't got to tell me pray. Right. <laughs> if it's not coming from a genuine place, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, not coming from a genuine place. But yeah. you know, I just wanted to add that in there, you know, just about the secret, our secrets, things that we hold on to and don't tell anybody can kill us. Mm -hmm. That causes yeah, share something. So a, a couple of things. Look, let, let's let's help the people all the way in the back row. <laughs> My row. Got me telling on myself, but when you said that, it reminded me. Um, let, let me let me give you the good news first, right? It's all good news. But I'm reminded of King David, right? First Christians, you know, King David. He was a hot mess, right? Um, those who know the story, the one story that I'm thinking about, of course, is when um he got um, Bathsheba, someone else's wife, pregnant, right? He told it himself, right? So here it is, a king, a man after God's own heart, right? So, okay, thank God for putting that in the Bible to let us know that he, and we're not even a king or a queen, you know, on, on earth, right? But God, yes, he'll love him in his mess. And then my other favorite guy, of course, is the apostle Paul, who was Saul. He going killing the Christians and everything, right? So I'm like, I ain't been that bad. You know, so if, if they can make it, then I can make it too with my badness. So as you're talking about the secret, man, I had this issue and um, I plotted and planned. We're a little shaking her head already, but I plotted and I planned. I'm about to go get me a drink. Now, this was several years ago, right? So I was mad. And I was too afraid, too embarrassed to go into a liquor store by myself, right? Somebody might see me. And not to mention, you know, I don't want to go in there. So I called someone to go over me and them up. They wouldn't got it. I was in a bad, bad place, you know. I ain't saying you're going to hell for drinking, but this is me. I know me. I know what it does to me, okay? I got my drink. I think I drank the whole thing. Within probably the whole day, I had a bottle on reserve, Bacardi Run. I had it on reserve. And I never had a second bottle because I was convicted. And I knew that was wrong. So I eventually threw it out. So I'm thinking I'm good now. I'm cleared. I didn't drink out the bottle. I don't repent it. Why my husband, you know, this new one, because I'm a newlywed, y'all. Why my husband going to say, have you been drinking? And this is probably like maybe a month or so after the event, you know, have you, I'm like, huh? Have you been drinking? The Holy Spirit said. And I'm like, how the Holy Spirit will tell on me to my husband that I've been drinking? But I was guilty. And so I said, yeah, you want to know when? I didn't know the date, but I knew I had to go to the ATM machine on this day to get the money. 
And so I looked on and I pointed this day and I was kind of cocky saying, on this day, and this is the reason, blah, blah, blah. But it didn't matter. And that was a secret between me and God. I repented to God. He didn't have to go tell my husband. <laughs> what was with that? But I said that to say, God loved me so much. So why have me suffer in silence when I could tell my covering? That's it. The priest of my home. Amen. Amen. What I was going through. No matter what the reason was, I need your help in this area. And I haven't had that issue because now I'm afraid that the Holy Spirit is going to tell my business. So I just might as well go to God for myself. Oh. <laughs> so Come on. I'm just saying. God don't play fair. <laughs> Save my soul. Even in that, you are one, so your issues are also his issues. I know. Yep, so you go, hey, there's no such thing as a secret. You know that, that hey, is God telling on you? And let, somebody. Me, let me tell you now. This is funny since Tuesday they brought this up, <laughs> so I, I'm I'm gonna share a little bit of mine. I'm gonna be a, a little bit of transparent too. She is so right about the Holy Spirit exposing you. He will. Oh my goodness! Because my sister, no, I used to go to the casino all the time. I mean, I would go and be there all day and just about all night long, spending all my money that didn't have <laughs> on there. And, you know, it had became such such a habit, you know, like you say, you go into that hiding mode, you know, my sister would be telling me, girl, you know, you don't need to be you know, going on that boat, <laughs> you know, you this and this and that. And I'm like, oh, now I got to hear her, you know, fussing and not to want to deal with that. So my thing of that was when I was there, I wouldn't answer my phone. I don't want her to hear the machines chinging in the background. You knew she was there anyway. <laughs> call it back. She'd be like, where you was? That'd be the first thing she'd say. Where you was at? Lying. <laughs> oh, I was at the store. I was asleep. And she probably knew it. And I mean, kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. And one day, this is while I was in church. One day, I saw one of the saints on the boat. <laughs> So now I'm trying to hide because <laughs> they on the boat, on the boat, you know what I mean? But thinking in my mind, you know, I could have just been like, well, you won't hear like I'm on here, but no, no, I'm trying to hide. And I'm going to tell you what made me, um, and that goes back to getting to the root of the issues. What made me stop going, I was in prayer one day. And God said, don't you go back 
don't you, that was like an ultimatum, don't you go back. He said, because you are going to that place to find peace instead of coming to me. And when he said it like that, I got scared. <laughs> you hear me? You know, it made me think about, okay, yeah, why was I going, why was that my uh, place of peace and trying to disconnect myself, you know, from things that was going on around me? I have to, had to, you know, dig a little deeper in myself and what was going on with that. But once he said that, you know, and that, that that voice where he meant it, don't you go back, girl. I was scared to go to go, to go back. And I didn't go back no more and ain't been back since. <laughs> that's it, cause uh, you know, and that's and that's it, you know, mental the dysfunction, you know, has a root. It has a root, you know, like where did this come from? And it can stem back just just usually from childhood. And, you know, that's why the enemy is so cunning to plant the little seeds when you're young, you know, to plant that dysfunction and then you're covering up. And, you know, and I would say even with the black communities, a lot of our culture, like we don't we don't hug, we don't show emotion. And and that's what we need. You know, we serve a loving God that loves on us. And it's kind of hard for us to accept that if we didn't get it or to even pour out our issues and our problems. When the household isn't set up like that and you know the enemy makes sure it's not set up like that <laughs> because he does not that's the thing the enemy does not want us to be healed i i remember i had a dream where i had a cut on my side and he had his little imps watch my wound to make sure that it didn't heal like he would pop in check in on them and, and ask like basically how it was making sure that it was still bleeding and make sure that it wasn't healed up and I'm like, what is this dream about? Like, he doesn't want that because then you'll continue to be in dysfunction. You won't get the breakthrough that you're supposed to get. And you, and more importantly, you won't go into purpose. You're not going to do what God tells you to do. And that's why it's so important to solve these issues because you don't want to go into your purpose raggedy. Mm -hmm. And if he can have you self-destruct because he can't really, he can't kill you, he'll try. But you know, God saying, "Hey, you can't you can't kill that one. You can't kill that one. He'll try, it and then you'll end up killing yourself." They did me. You killed yourself because you allowed them seeds to grow and, and and the root to not be pulled up. So it's it's like you killed yourself. So it's almost like spiritual suicide, kind of, because he 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 orchestrated. He orchestrates that kill. Like all you got to do is just just. Hey, that's on you. So that just popped up into my mind. Um, so now that we talked about what mental, you know, mental illness, you know, the look of it, the downside, um, you know, we want to get into some healthy stuff and healthy looks. So this is a thing, especially with the pandemic, there's has been so much grief. There's been so much death. There has been so much, like I said, just peeling away and layers and everything. And I think because, we're trying to get to this normalcy or trying to get to a, a space that makes sense. I don't believe we're grieving these losses. So what does healthy grieving look like? That's a good question. 
because don't grieving because when I talk and, and sometimes we'll use the word so much so I'll break down the definition I told Tuesday this earlier about grief um grieving is good because it's like you're you're letting your your uh relinquishing that control unto God you know because you are so tied into this and now that the thing has that that person has left you you have to kind of untie that that soul thing that you had with them and you're you're giving that responsibility to God no matter how long it takes and so to me that's what healthy grieving looks like i don't think it's a time limit i don't think it's a um but it's just that thing don't try to control it don't try to to figure out how it looks because it looks like this with one person and then you're like well this person is okay after a year and and you feel bad because you're still weeping you're still crying you're still you know whatever but the thing is to relinquish that control but so with that being said you know what does that look like to you and what does that look like to you now in your life billy you want me to go <laughs> No, um, you know, it's crazy because, um, I get, um, I don't know the, the verse um, verbatim in Ecclesiastes, but I'm at, and uh, we call this level of maturity as we talk to Sunday school, it is level of maturity. I understand the growth of its, its season. So in this season, I get it where is I had to go to the beginning. God's sovereign. What I'm gonna do, get mad at God? Now I'm gonna have a conversation with him, you know, to say, I know I'm not gonna fully understand. How can when I say little me, this human being understand the mind of God? My husband, I just had to share with him because he comes from a different, he's from a different culture um, than us Americans. And when people die, he would tell that person, not here in American, because I won't let him do it, because we're not ready for this level of grief therapy. But like if our mother was to die, right? He, he would say, um, congratulations. Excuse mm-hmm. me? It, no. They look at it as, you say congratulations, because a parent should not outlive their child. And the Bible is appointing to us a certain amount of times to be here. So if they're 80, 90, and everyone then die, whatever, no, that's more grief because now they're living the loss on one there. So they say, congratulations. I'm like, don't you, don't you tell nobody that you might get hurt. You might get hurt. So where I'm at now in my grieving process, and actually, as of yesterday, we entered into um, a new season of grieving. And because I went through this, it's Philippians 4 and 8. I hope I have taken out of content, but knowing it's the mind, it's the mind. God, watch my mind. So I try my best to think on the things that appear, that are lovely, that are good report. And then if I just add in as far as the therapy piece of that, because that's just mine, I'm hands-on, I got to touch. So when I'm cooking, and I'm thinking on that, and I'm talking to God, it's all going in. What are those things that are good? What are the things that are bad? And even though one a bad thought come up, 
I can't fix it. I can't change it. So in this season, things have to be resolved. It's resolved. And so that is a part of letting go of what I can't change and accepting that God's will will be done. Without me, he don't need my approval. And so the strive now is to make sure that I'm with peace with everyone. You know, because if leaves before me, I want to make sure that I'm not repenting or in a sense like, oh, I should have said I'm sorry. I should have faith them. I should have did this. So I think in this season that we're losing so many people, there's a saying that people come into your life for a reason, a season and a lifetime. For each encounter that I'm with people right now, what is the reason? Mm-hmm. If they were if they were to leave today, how is our relationship? Is it solid? I had to um, just give another example, um, and it wasn't grief, but it was the letting go. Recently, about a month ago, I had to apologize because I offended someone, and that's where I'm at in this place of maturity. Because this mouth, the devil don't care about this that, I, that I'm saying. This mouth be saying things that it, it shouldn't sometimes, but I want to be right. So even in the grieving process, if something was to happen, what was my last words? What was the last thoughts? And if I mess up and I do, then thank God for the answer. I'm about to tell myself like King David, because I got to get it right. If it was in church, they say, turn your plate over, right? You need to fast and pray, pray and fast. But, um, in this stage, it's Philippians 4 and 8 for me. It's changing the mindset and not letting that thought hold me captive. And some of the side effects or knowing when I'm in that danger is I pull away. And not pull away to, to be with God. I just pull away just to be with me. And that's not a good place. I go quiet. Anybody know me? I'm always talking. But when I go quiet and I'm not meditating, it's like, okay, what's going on? Shake yourself. Shake yourself. Because I can't change it. But I had to get there. And that comes from years of self-medicating. But now I know. So for those who might be going through the season of grief, it's a season of grief. And we grieve with you. But we've been on that side of grief. And so we're on this side right now. We're entering a new phase and if we didn't have the first experience, we wouldn't know how to go through the next ones. But to be the caretaker now for those that you love who are also going through it, you can't expect them to go through the way that you do, mm-hmm. or the way that you did. So just being available. And as you say, the stronger ones, you carry the infirmities of those that are weaker. So in this strong season, thank God for building ourselves up and being there for someone else. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Have anything to add, Billy? As she was talking, she kind of went into saying that because I was thinking about the serenity prayer um, as she was talking about that. I think for me, uh, I had to lean on God and God gave me time. You know, it wasn't like I, I, I got to a place all at once. This is over a course, like you say, you don't know how long it's going to take. Um, sometimes it may take, take longer for some than it does for others. <clears throat> but I think it was 
about me uh, leaning into God and seeking seeking God and allowing him to build me back up from that place piece by piece, helping me to be able to get have the strength to let go little by little. So he worked on me. It was a process of going through, but I was thinking about that serenity prayer um, that she was saying, learning to accept the things that I can't change. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that I couldn't change. Okay, but God, what do I do with what I can change now? You know, that was for a season in my life. So in this season, um, what are you working me towards now? Because I think with all of us, um, and I kind of learned that too, um, that was kind of a hard thing for me too. I think I kind of learned that too. When my father passed, that this, this, this is about salvation. It's about when, when it's all said and done, it's about salvation. And that was my biggest thing when he passed. Uh, I remember leaving the hospital and being in the car with my mom and just breaking down, saying, Lord, what about his soul? You know, because there was uncertainty there for me. What about his soul? You know, and, and everything that that happened in the course of our lives together, what about his soul? That was the thing that hit me um, at the end of that. So this, this, this is about salvation. We're going to have our ups. We're going to have our downs. We're going to have our times. We, you know, we fall and God's going to pull up, pull us up out of sin and, you know, strengthen us through it all and help us through the grief. You know, we all have our stories while we're here, but the end game is salvation. So that's kind of where my mind is now, you know, and talking to people about that, because we know as Christians, when it's the end, it's really not the end. That's it. When it's the end, it's really not the end. Mm -hmm. So for us to get as many people as we can, you know, so I won't have that moment that I had, you know, and and it really wasn't. You know, in that moment, God ministered to me and told me it wasn't whether I knew if he was saved or not. It was whether he knew if he was saved or not. Mm -hmm. So that kind of changed my perception. You know, we we hold on to the hope that everybody will come come together with Christ in the end. That's the end game that we want. we want everybody to 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 make it through. So when we get to those moments where we lose people and we know that they're Christians, we still know they're all good, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> they're still going to be with God. They're all good. So that's kind of where my mind uh, is at now. Lord, how can you use me to speak to people, to enlighten them about you that don't, those that don't know you? those that are not familiar with you and everything that I went through in my life um, is what I use. That's the tool. Mm-hmm. When he said it's your story, it's not only your story, it's also your tool. Mm-hmm. You can tell somebody and they feel it. They feel mm-hmm. it when, when 
you really been through a thing and you talk about it, mm -hmm. they feel it when it's the truth. God kept my mind in that time when I thought I was going to lose my mind. You know, I prayed to me and he healed me in places that the doctor couldn't heal me in. And you have those stories and testimonies to back that up. So that's what I, that's where I'm at now, you know, when dealing with grief. So we want to get people um, to that place of where they can be secure and no matter what's going on, because a lot has went on this past year. I never, that, that was, whew, to see all the people pass away, I said, Lord Jesus, we want to know that they are secure with God and no matter what is going on in the world and this this probably won't be the last of what we see mm -hmm. you know in the world suffering and going through different things but we know that God is with us and we know he has an expected end for us so that's what I hold on to and you know try to give people that are going through that uh grieving process and I, this just came into, uh, I was jotting down some stuff. Um, I would say on my end with grief, because the thing with me is with, you know, relationships and, you know, how I speak and about healing emotions and just, you know, with, because, you know, there's a lot of young women wanting marriage and been through failed relationship after failed relationship. And then it ends. And then, you know, to me, that's a form of grieving each one and what god was just saying to me is just that you know the the grieving part is willing to let go of what was let go of what could have been let go of the possibilities and accept what is you know you have to accept what it is and i think that's part of grieving like being being in that real state in that reality like what is it now and accepting that and not going over your head what could have been, what should have been, you know, well, if I if we were together, then this and this and that, you know, this is for the, the ones that are watching that, you know, may don't want to fear of letting go of something and someone that God told you to let go of, you know, because you're you're scared of the grieving. You're scared because I've been in this relationship all this time. I don't want to grieve it because sometimes that's more painful. Than being mm -hmm. in it. <laughs> you mm -hmm. don't want to go through that grieving process, but the longer you're gonna be in it, you know what I mean? The long the the the, the worse the grief is gonna gonna be because then you have these added memories and then it's more disappointments on top of disappointments when you could have got out of there. <laughs> you know, a little bit. So I mean that's just my perspective with grieving because I think that pandemic is, you know, with that too. It's just a lot of grief of relationships. We are finding out who people is and we're finding out who our friends are. We're finding out these people. And sometimes we'll get so busy, we're not grieving that. You can grieve friendships. That's not minor. You can grieve friendships. You can grieve relationships, grieve things that fell apart because God is trying to do a new thing. You know, he's doing a new thing. Can't you see it? And, and sometimes, like I said with T.D. Jakes, it's disruptive. <laughs> he got to disrupt some things and especially like I said with the pandemic and I'm saying all of this and this whole thing with mental um, health is so important on my heart because you know like uh, my sister said like Billy said with this things that are still happening 
I'm going to say this and I don't even care because God gave me the boldness to say whatever. We're going to go through another wave. <laughs> We're going through another wave. So what you probably thought, what you thought killed you, well, well, you thought you was about to go crazy then. We got to come, as Sister Tuesday says, we have to come to a resolve on where we are mentally because something else is coming. You know, we were hanging on on a thread last season. It's still the same thing. And and I think that's why God was wanting me to press it, especially with mothers. Mothers was on the heart of God, you know, to hold on, to keep pressing, you know, to find something. Do what I put in your hands because that's what's going to keep you. And the same how I'm doing today with creative therapy. So I believe we've been assigned things to do. And like I said, I think people disconnected. I don't want to do that, but my man is like just not even right when it's connected. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so how would you tell people, what would you suggest for those that are watching, watch the replay to find their creative therapy? Because when we say therapy, people just automatically think you have to be in, on a couch, which is fine mm -hmm. too. If that's where God leads you, that's what you need to do. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> But how can someone find, like, they're going through things and they just don't even know what to do? Like, how, what path can they take to find that, what, what will be therapy for them? Come on, Tuesday. <laughs> I, I, I was waiting, waiting. <laughs> you, I mean, it's, it's crazy because... You know, we, we talk about there's so many forms of therapy, right? And again, you know, we're create we're creative therapy. We're giving God the glory, you know, for a tool, you know. So I don't have the Webster def definition. Yes, we could Google it, but just um, what brings you joy, right? What would you do if you could do it and you didn't have to be paid to do it? And what is the reason that you're doing it? You know, what's filling that void? And again, it's attached to God. So not just to a thing, not just to a person. What's going to bring you that sense of peace to function and be productive for yourself and then others stretch abroad? And even whatever you find, number one, if it's not connected with God, then again, you don't made that therapy piece an idol. So we're not saying this. So yes, for me, it might be cooking or, you know, I, I made a joke the other day, but I'm like, this thing is for real. Be careful what you say. I'm like, I'm the Dr. Doolittle of my kitchen. It's like, <laughs> I'm for real. It's like, I, I posted the other day, I was on, I've been studying Luke and Zach said, I'm making a po' a boy sandwich, that's all my shrimp are in there. And all of a sudden I saw all these shrimp as a crowd and I got happy about it because I knew where we were going. And just the fact of creating with food and God's using it to heal, is using it to jog a memory, a pain, a situation, a conversation that before, I might use my $25 copay 
and saw a doctor and sat on his couch or use some other alternatives. So there's so many ways that you could use some type of tool, a therapy, if it's walking, if it's writing a book. As Sister Religious said, there's another wave coming. What are we going to do? What have we, um, they say, um, what is the um, processing in, um, in a pandemic? You know, what, what are we doing during this time that we are away? Ultimately getting our heart together, but what are we, what are we gonna run to? Are we gonna run back to that boo? Mm -hmm. For me, mm -hmm. I'm running to the kitchen. I'm running to the garden now. What, what are we running to? But I'm giving God the glory while I'm doing all this. And not ashamed of it. It might be foolish, Lord, if you wanna use a cucumber to heal my heart, use a cucumber or turnip too. And that's what's working for me. So we're here just to say that there's so many options out there, so many options. And it's not just one, do what's comfortable for you, but do something, do something. Don't suffer in silence because there's other things that's coming that's already been there. And maybe you needed this transparent, transparent moment to find out that folks out here are hurting, but they got an antidote, they got an answer. The same way people go, we have these um, paint and sip classes. They're all out there, mm -hmm. but you could do some type of therapy where you don't have to sip, right? Or you don't have to do things that at the end that you're gonna have to repent because you yeah. did it. There's other options out there and we're here to help. Amen. 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 Do you have anything to add, Billy? <laughs> um. I would say, uh, I think for me, um, it was kind of a journey a little bit um, because, well, you know, I, I used to always love to cook. Anyway, that was just in me to cook. <laughs> you know, I would watch my mom cook. I would watch my granny cook and just being in the kitchen, I think at nine years old was like, I remember making like my first just like all out meal. We had pot roast and biscuits. I remember what the meal was and mixed vegetables. So as I would do that um, and that it, it brought joy to me to be able to do something for someone else to bring them joy. Mm -hmm. They're going to they gonna like this when they eat this. <laughs> and just so many things. Um, so many things, I think, from me being, from my ch childhood that God resurfaced up again. Mm -hmm. They were there, but I think just kind of dormant mm -hmm. because I wasn't using them. You know, we let so many things in life pull us away from what God had already put in us and was destined for us to do. And just recently, not too long ago, I was in prayer and God told me everything that I put in you, you gonna use. Mm -hmm. So I think even in that, there's more things in us that has not been unveil that he is going to unveil in this season. Mm -hmm. So I would tell a person that doesn't know, kind of 
think back to your childhood and remember those things that you did as a kid. Mm -hmm. I used to love to be outside making mud pies, pretending I was cooking and baking, making tea parties with my sisters. They remember that. I would love to make, go make peanut butter jelly sandwiches and put little tea in teacups and we would have tea parties. (laughs) I used to love to draw, which was something that I kind of, you know, got away from. Drawing and coloring were those things that kind of calmed me. I would play teacher all the time. And now here I am older and those things are coming out and resurfacing for me to use to help other people. Because I was kind of confused at first. I said, well, Lord, how am I going, how am I going to do this and then help somebody else? Just do it. All you Mm got to do is start. You do it, you start, and I'll meet you where you're at. So as I began to cook, he would minister. After I began to do crafts, he would minister. (laughs) And what he gave me is what I give everyone else. So I think you just kind of have to pray and kind of let God, you know, guide you and kind of look back at what are some things that you, that brought you joy that you just naturally did um, as a child that you really don't do anymore. And God will help unveil those things um, that you, um, I did a post earlier to not, hide your light that God has given you to give to the world. Because right now in dark times, it's needed. And people feel like, uh, some people may feel like they don't have anything to give. Yes, you do. You do. Everybody has something to give. And don't keep holding that back because there's somebody that needs it. Amen. And I just even like you said, with um, this has popped into my head about going back. Here we go with the root again. <laughs> Those seeds that the devil planted for evil was in the beginning, but our healing was also there too. Our tool was there too. Those two were at the same time. So it's like he identified that what God put in us, then put putting that seed like to grow at the same time. So it's almost like, I don't know, this is all coming to me. The Holy Spirit probably talking right now. <laughs> we think of the wheat and the tear. We think the wheat is one person, the tares and the tear is one person. Could it be that could be the same person? The wheat and tear grow together. I don't want to take stuff out of context, but that just sound like it's like we got this, this, and then it's like we're going to constantly fight with it you know what the devil planted in our in our bloodline and then what god has made us to be so it's like it grows together and we're going to constantly fight (laughs) with that until he plucks it's like he's tearing away the tear and letting the wheat you know rise i think that's that that process i don't know i just thinking it about it just now because a lot of times some stuff don't have anything to do with other people we battle with ourselves Mm-hmm. It's always it's the, an internal war. Yeah. yeah, the heart and mind is always <laughs> some kind of uh, disagreement, some kind of battle. So I was just thinking about that. But this is good, ladies, and I just feel that 
Yeah, at this time, it's so important to find out what God wants you to do. And that's like my whole push. Find it because that in that is your healing, in that is your breakthrough, not just for you, but for other people. You know, we talked about that for other people and just be obedient day by day. Sometimes the bigger picture can intimidate you, but just be obedient day by day by day by day. And then you'd be surprised. Like you said, well, I just did that, you know, and I think it's a way of just God gives us stuff and it's a way of like we're humble towards it. That's why I don't think we're ever going to think highly of what he gives us. Or speaking and you know like every time I even Tuesday and my sister knows with these lives I get off feeling like I didn't say nothing I don't I'm like I don't think that was good I don't know if anything was addressed and I have to go back and listen and it's like well where was I at because <laughs> I didn't hear all that stuff you know and I it's so it's amazing and it's, it's humbling at the same time to know what it means to be truly used and really find what God wants you to do and I mean, this is like a clarion urgency in the spirit. You have to find what God's calling you to do because it's going to bring you peace while you're doing it. And it's going to help bring others to peace as well. So, yeah, that's what I had, ladies. I really didn't have anything else. Um, I'm just going to maybe say a, a prayer over whoever was uh, watching. So did you guys have any last uh, statements or anything that you want to share? at the moment. Oh, I would just say for people to, um, for me, uh, I had to deal with a lot of fear and moving forward and doing with some, doing some things, but just, yeah, just take that step. It's better for you to take one step than not to take a step at all. <laughs> <laughs> Once you start start moving, gotta start talking. <laughs> yeah, I want to um, go back, um, Relinda. What you were saying earlier about or organization, about the clutter. That once you move the clutter, we're talking about natural, just really the clutter from the house and the car. The house and the car. It's like I found out once I removed the clutter and not just the things, but people, mm. right? Mm. When you're so busy moving and it could be good movement for others, but when you down, 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 that you can't move for yourself, but God has put on the inside of you. And then when you get ready to do what God has told you to do, now you're feeling guilty for doing what God told you to do. So it comes a time that you say, okay, God, it's you and me. I've been waiting for you. And then do one step and be open for him to change your plan. And, and maybe it wasn't plan A, plan B. You might have to go through the whole alphabet. But it's okay as long as you're doing it with him. And you'll find out, I mean, there are so many things I remember actually over a year ago, I remember um, um, one of the elders at the church, I don't know if she's on the line tonight, but she said, there is so much in you that God wants to do. So much doing creative things, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know what she's talking about because I'm, I'm cooking this. I'm just cooking. 
But this past year, I'm like, where'd I come from? Where'd I come from? Where'd I come from? Like, I'm going to be writing, I'm writing books now. Okay. Um, we're going to do TV shows. It's like so much stuff. It's all been here. And I'm laughing, like, you've been setting me up the entire time. It's all been here. But it come to be a sacrifice that you have to close doors and relationship. It don't mean I'm mad at no one. Right? And then when you get to a certain age, and I'm just saying because age is a real number, then like, okay, God, and when he breathes on a thing and pick up speed, like, okay, okay, wait a minute. It's because you're behind schedule. So you have to pick up speed because someone else's life is depending on what God has given each and every one of us that's here tonight. Mm-hmm. But that's going to listen. But we're holding on to it out of fear, out of fear of people. For real, who does that? In people. So let's get to the root of that and give that insecurity to God. And these are real talks from another night we talked about. I'm like, I had to Google and go research the word trust. Because mm-hmm. she has some trust issues. Mm-hmm. Right? And so now um, Google, again, we're talking about from cooking a hill, going to make a recipe. And God, as I'm cutting and I'm saying out loud what the issue is, I'm giving you permission to heal this part because I didn't know that it was there. Mm-hmm. So what am I saying? Do it afraid. Do it over. Don't talk yourself out of it. Because it has nothing to do with us. Nothing to do with us. Nothing to do with us. That's it. All the ways to hear it well done. Yeah. That is so good. And I'm glad you brought that up about about the age. (laughs) Because I think I think sometimes that could be a stumbling block for a lot of people. They feel like, well, I didn't did it all. And, you know, I'm too old for all that. That's for the young folks. And you get to this uh, place of complacency where you feel like that's it and God don't have nothing else for you. But as long as you're breathing, as long as you're still here, God still has use in the work for you. Amen. So I'm so glad that you brought that up about the age. Doesn't matter how old you are. He still has a use for you and he still has a work for you to do. Amen. Amen, ladies. Okay, I'm going to conclude. I won't hold you hostage for any longer. <laughs> but I am going to put... um up this information i did the best that i could jesus um so to find these ladies uh you know they're on instagram and they're on facebook um you have tuesday with tuesday's kitchen did i spell it right tuesday the kitchen i don't know why i'd be tripping me up every time okay (laughs) tuesday's kitchen she has recipes and therapy attached to the pictures and then you have cooking creating conversation with my sister billy and she, you know, the, the, the recipes and then craft, crafting and messages that, you know, God gives her. So I want you guys to follow, you know, these women of God and, um, you know, they, they, they will bless you. Trust me. So we're just going to go ahead and end tonight with prayer. I hope you guys enjoy share for anyone that, that you feel like needs this or just share because, Hey, listen, this, this live may be a part of someone's story. 
maybe a part of someone's breakthrough. You never know. It may not do it for you, but it's going to do it for somebody else. So, you know, just go ahead and plant that seed for other people. You know, I share things and sometimes it'd be right on, even with my sister. Sometimes I don't even know why I be finding stuff. And I share my sister, she's like, oh, I needed to hear that. You know, at Tuesday, I needed to hear that. So these people that are sharing these messages, everyone doesn't have an ulterior motive. People are just doing that and it's for the seeds to, to, to plant, you know, and that helps, you know, just to, for somebody else. It may not be for you, but it could be for somebody else. Amen. Amen. So I'm just going to go ahead and just pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we honor you. Lord, we thank you for all those that have came on, oh God. Father, I ask, oh Father God, that you have imparted them, oh Father God, with the with the momentum to go ahead and go and move forward into what they that you are calling them to do, oh Father, and purpose, Father. Father, I pray, oh God, that we come against the fear of creating, God. We come against the fear of writing. We come against the fear of singing. We, we come against, oh God, the fear of doing what you have called them to do, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We come against ageism, God. We come against, oh Father God, any mental any mental capabilities, oh Father God, that, that, that is hindering at this moment, oh Father. Father, we declare healing in the mind, God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we come against any interferences in the mind, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And oh Father, I pray, oh, Father God, that you get to the root, God. Father God, I pray that you go layer by layer, God. Hallelujah. Layer by layer in the healing process, God. And I pray, Father, that they get a submission, oh, Father God, in their spirit, Father. Father, I pray that no matter what they're going through, God, I pray that they have a nevertheless in their spirit, God, in spite of that, oh, God, in spite of the loss, oh, God, in spite of the sickness, oh, God, in spite of the relationship failing, in spite of the divorce, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, that nevertheless, that it be your will. Hallelujah, and not our will, Father. So, Father, we submit to you on tonight, God. And, Father, I thank you for the obedience, oh God, of the guests tonight, Father. Father, bless them abundantly, Father. Father, God, thank you for their obedience, God. Father, I pray that even now, oh God, that you are setting up, oh God, setting them up, oh Father, for opportunities during the week, God, for opportunities this month, God. Father, I pray that even now, God, that you're directing their steps, oh God, that you're releasing other ideas, oh God, into their spirits, Father. Bless their households, oh God, in the name of Jesus and fund them. God, fund whatever, oh Father, God, they have in their hearts, oh God. And Lord, I thank you, I honor, and I give you praise in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so thank you guys for coming on. And I thank you, um, Guys, for tuning in for another Emotion Tuesday, actually still on Mondays. This is just a special week. So I'm just going to go ahead and end it. And I thank you guys for hanging out with us. All right. Have a great day. Bye-bye.